So oh, I, I booked in to go to the hairdresser like yesterday and I just cancelled it because I just couldn't face it. Oh, I, I booked... What, you just couldn't be bothered to sit and stare at yourself for four I hours? I just, I really, really dread it. Like, I hate it. Like, I was like, I'm really sorry if my daughter's really ill, I can't come. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually really ill. And then, so I took her to the doctor this morning. But obviously, like, anyone who has kids will tell you they're really ill. So you book a doctor's appointment. And then, and then, they're, fine. And then they're fine. She literally went running into his office. She was like, <laughs> and he was oh. like, she's fine. I was like, I know. <laughs> I'll just leave. It's fine. Sorry about that. <laughs> Okay, right, Emma. Good news. Do tell everyone. I'm having a baby. <laughs> it's called the EC method, January. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So we've opened grad signups for the EC method. Anyone listening who's thinking of joining in January, make sure that you go onto the website and join the waiting list because they're going to be there's going to be an early bird offer. Mm-hmm. And if you sign up before January, you will get it cheaper. And um, but that's not live yet. That'll be live next week. But if you're on the waiting list, you'll get an email from us being like, "Hey, you can sign up now." Yeah, but the, both the grads and the early bird are discounted, right? Just yeah. to be clear, yeah, both the grads and the early birds are discounted. It's because grads we all- always cheapest, always because yeah, grads like- always cheapest. And then early bird discount and then full whack for people that sign up later. And we we normally get the majority of our signups later. We're always like, oh, you know, what should we do? And then before we know it, we open and it's like, we're like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, Happy Taylor Swift Day, everybody. Is that a thing? It's her birthday today, apparently. It's World Swifty Day. Oh. I, don't, I mean, I'm in love with Taylor Swift. So I've just spent a hell of a lot of money on concert tickets. More yeah. than I spent on the dream phone. Wow. Mm. Was it you that was telling me about how much her tour has made? Oh, it's made her a billionaire. I think like it, it's 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 like the highest grossing tour ever. Yeah, because she's doing massive, massive sold out stadiums of like 70,000 for two, three nights on the trot. Um, what like I think four days a week, and has been doing it since. I don't even know how long she's already, I think she's been touring for the last three and a half months and she got my tickets are for August, 2024. She's just relentless. I read the the time magazine interview with her and how she talks about, she'll do like three shows back to back and then she has a full day off and she's like, I can't walk. I can't talk. I can't move. Like I watched it. It's three and a half hours long. It's full. I don't know how she does it. It's full on. Wow. No. Yeah. Um, okay, right. Zoe's just saying, oh, <laughs> hello. Carry on. <laughs> Zoe's just saying, oh my God, I genuinely believe that baby comment. No. Um, <laughs> Hi, lovely ladies. I've decided to sign up for the next round as my Christmas present to myself. What a great Christmas present, Joe. Merry Christmas to you. Merry fucking Christmas, Joe. Samantha wants to know how the dream phone was. When I tell you it was the most fun I've had since I was a teenager, I'm not lying. It was so much fun. Also, I just encourage everyone to play it with a lot of wine and people who are as ridiculous and annoying as you are. Otherwise, it's less fun. 
Um, Kate's just saying, I've already joined. Is that still the cheapest option? Grads is always, always the cheapest option. Yeah. Um, her tour has in uh, her tour has increased the average room rate in U.S. hotels across all cities and all mm-hmm. hotels. It's insane. Mm-hmm. She's boosted the economy on every city. She's had a show. Like she's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. If she's so unbelievably powerful, and thank God it's her because she's like actually a good person. Yeah. Um, okay, Joe, I'm feeling pretty proud of myself as I managed to go all the way through the home bodyweight workout for the first time today. However, it was the first time that I noticed that there was a timer on the app. Great. Um, Julia, can I ask how long newbie gains happen for, or is it different for everyone? Just curious. Thanks. Uh, I think it's like a, up to a year, maybe slightly longer. Um, but I would consider, and from from the research that I've done on it, which again, sorry to bang this old drum, I think is Brad Schoenfeld. A year, year and a bit. Um, your rate of uh, muscle gain and, and muscle protein synthesis will be at its highest. So yeah, yeah. I mean. It's almost impossible to say because it depends how often you're training as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you know, you newbie gains take a year, but I only train once a week. Like, no, like it's probably going to be longer than that because you're not going to get to the point. I think people think that getting past newbie gains is like a negative thing. Yeah. It's not. Like you're kind of working through like the quick progress that you're probably going to make in the first year to get to a point where you can start building a bit more. But like you need to get through that. It's yeah. not it's not a bad thing. If, even if you think of it in a slightly different way, which is kind of part of newbie gains, is if you think about the neurological adaptations versus the hypertrophy adaptations, you need to go through the stage, which is probably going to be the first kind of six weeks-ish. Again, it depends how often you train. So if you're like, I squat once a week, then your neurological adaptations to the squat are going to take longer than if you squatted twice a week or three times a week, because you get used to that movement pattern and your body gets better at recruiting the muscles required to do that mm-hmm. once you get past that then you can start adding more weight and and having a bigger hypertrophy impact mm-hmm. so you, yeah I think sometimes people like almost view it the opposite way of like oh I want to I want to prolong my newbie gains but you don't you don't yeah you want that central nervous system adaptation and then you go on to your second best phase i don't know what was your favorite time of lifting do you remember pre when i fucked my back and i could oh. just do loads of stuff just do everything yeah and the first time i had that a couple years in i had my first like actual like muscle focused or like meaningful shoot so i just went in like hard with my training and i loved it i think it was my fate i look back at it now which is great affection i think i had similar where like I'd always lifted for sport and so I lifted quite heavy and I had quite a lot of muscle mass and it was like the first time I'd done a cut and and trained more like a bodybuilder yeah it's the first time that you see like oh my my arms look totally different or like oh I've built muscle here or like that first time is so exciting oh oh I cannot believe I forgot about that the first time I woke I looked in the mirror on like a shoot day when I'd done it properly and I was like I cannot believe that's my body. Like I couldn't, I was like, holy fuck, I did it. It's the best 
feeling in the world. And it's not got really much to do with the aesthetic of it. Although obviously if you're doing it for that reason, that's part of it. But it's like, oh God, I actually did something and I changed something so, so visibly. And I did that. Like, it's just mad. Yeah. It's, yeah, doesn't, the first, it doesn't beat the first time. Saying that, um, I had a bit of a back flare up a couple of months ago, right? So I've not really been training much legs. And the other day I did single leg squats, like assisted single leg squats. I did three sets of five each leg. And but and that was on Monday and it's now Wednesday. And I'm, I'm like, I can barely walk. Yeah. Such abdoms, like ridiculous. And you know what? I do kind of miss that. Once yeah. you've been training for a while and you recover well, you, you tend not to get as much doms. Now, and, and I, when I say that, I want to caveat it with like, it is not a particularly good sign that you're getting doms. Like the reason I got yeah. such bad doms is because my legs are, are like under-trained now. <laughs> so yeah. doing anything, they're like, what the hell? You actually, you have a, you, aesthetically, you wouldn't know that. You have a very balanced physique and lower body. So you're obviously, but yeah, of course, you're not adapted to that kind of free weight style of exercise on lower body. So of course it fucked you. Um, yeah. I love it. I love, I'm going to say it too. Again, we we are like a pains to say this all the time. Doms is not a sign of a great workout, um, but I love it too. Yeah. It reminds you of when you started and you're like, oh my God, it's so much fun. Um, okay, Zoe, any advice for when I'm in the gym and mainly guys take up so much room? The same guy in the gym grunts his way around his circuits because he's clearly a regular and I'm new I feel nervous to say anything. I do my workout regardless at 46 post-menopause. Usually have no time for people's idiotic behavior, but for some reason addressing this makes me nervous. What? I don't know if I would. Like if he's- I wouldn't, no. Out of the way. It's one thing like going like me, like on social media or like people, you know, like going and having a little rant, but like, like, which I do. There were like three cheerleaders in the gym the other day doing a routine in the middle of the weights room and I was like okay but it's quite another thing to go up to somebody and like tell them how to train because they're just going to respond aggressively um I wouldn't do it I'd just let them get on be annoyed by him that's fine just let him get on with it yeah and I would also say I think because I'm thinking of someone specific who does the same in my gym And like, he'll even like go and get a chair from like the PT area and like have it like sat next to where he's doing deadlifts and he'll like walk around the gym in between sets and he does like all this stuff. And I feel like I would never say anything. It's so obviously his whole life. Yeah. He is a bit like obtuse in the gym and he is taking up other people's space and he is probably making people feel a little bit uncomfortable. But I am like, this is your whole day. And yeah. your whole life mm-hmm. and it's that it like it, I'm not going to take that away from you yeah that's what I mean I'm I'm one of those people that's like this is this person's really fucking annoying me but I'd never go up to them and make a thing of it and then you have to see them every time and also you know again I get pissed off as well so just to reiterate but there's nothing to stop them turning around and being like why do you get to tell me how I can train I'm not telling you how you can train you're like well because you're not getting in anybody's way and he'll be like well you know it, it's just oh, I just wouldn't bother yeah yeah it's not worth it um although this is quite funny she says thank you my fear exactly he has his laptop set up on the floor and takes calls what how odd 
Oh no! Oh, sorry. I'm just on Zoom. Very <laughs> between my sets. I mean, if I could, I know. <laughs> yeah, you would. Oh, great idea. Um. Okay, Liz. Hi, lovely ladies, and happy Christmas. If I don't get to speak to you before, I'm back in the gym following a rotator cuff tear and months of rehab. But I've noticed that I have a lot less motion in the injured arm. I can't fully straighten it overhead or fully go back when doing skull crushes for example it's been a year since the initial injury and I've been signed off by the physio am I okay to just do what I can for example on overhead press straighten one arm fully and have the other as high as it'll go keep both parallel or avoid these exercises there's no pain uh I would keep doing your rehab work so everything that you had to do to get the all clear from the physio in the first place keep doing it and see how much juice you can get out of the, the squeeze um i wouldn't rather that you have one range of motion on one um limb and a a, a different on another um that to me screams you're just going to get another injury um and aesthetically i don't know how that's going to pan out for you so i would say either do a partial range of motion of uh, movement on all of the above um or yeah don't do those exercises find an alternative but i'm okay with a partial range of, of 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 motion yeah i think it depends on like if it's ridiculous and like one of your arms is halfway up and the other one's straight at like then i'd be like you need to go back to the physio and be like i've lost a huge amount of range of motion yeah it's not very much so for example i've had one of my shoulders pinned in and it yeah. doesn't go straight like it doesn't go straight up but it's like almost straight up right i still do overhead press they just look sl like slightly different. And you look at like if, if if someone didn't know, then they would they wouldn't be like, oh, that's so weird that you have one slightly lower. So if it's like a little bit, I wouldn't worry too much about it. If it's a lot, then maybe go back to the physio. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sam, I use a YMCA gym, and they are wonderfully inclusive. So there are all sorts of people in there. One guy sleeps on the weights bench while his wife is in a class. I just have to keep reminding myself to be kind and carry on around him. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty bad. I would, I don't think I'd have that. I think I'd be like, no, like, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. So I'm all for the live and let live, but you can't take up a bench to go to sleep. And like, where's his wife not telling him to get his fucking gym etiquette together? See, <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, as a one-off, maybe, but as a consistent thing, like I don't know why you'd want to do that. But you don't go into his bedroom and start squatting. Although I probably wish you would. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably enjoy that. Um, Zoe, can we get the grad link for January? Sign up and pay into two installments. Yeah, um, there is actually a link on PT Hub already. I'll post it underneath the post. There's a split payment option as well. But by the way, some some people, I think about seven people managed before I'd posted the link to find it and <gasps> sign up already. I've had one to one to do that. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah, like <laughs> on my PT hub. I don't actually, because again, I'm not on the user side. So I don't even I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, you can. In fact, I'll do it just now. So that I don't forget. Um, okay, up to date on L Live. Okay. I um, I liked your post on creatine today, Emma, and I liked what you said about in pregnancy because it's what I always say and I agree with every word of it. 
Um, I thought you were very succinct and I don't know how you didn't fall off that treadmill. I know it's a very rickety treadmill. I'm going to have to do the same today. I am finding it so hard to get steps in. Uh, It always is the way in winter. Uh, I'm really tempted just to go somewhere. I'm on 8,000. Why don't you just hit up the gym and do some work on a, on a treadmill that is less no, I actually meant because the weather's bad. I meant I'm tempted just to go somewhere abroad. Oh, right. Oh, fine. Yeah. Okay. Not to the gym. Okay, fine. But also, I don't have a car. So, like, just going to the gym isn't... It's an ordeal. I mean, for where you live, it's shocking. I'm I'm 100% going to lose my license. I've had to hire a solicitor and everything. Oh no. I know, but it's worth it. I just want to see if I can. The thing is, is like he said on that, I said to him, I was like, they're all for going like 24 and a 20 though. And like two it's... of them are so close to the uh like three year clear mark. So close. Um and he was like, Yeah, but and I was like, and I'm a single mother with a baby, I can't lose my car. And he was like, Yeah, but you live in London. He was like, and you can afford to take Ubers. And you were going twenty four and a twenty. Oh, well, like, they look at stuff like that. Yeah, he was like, "I'll look, I'll look, I'll see what I can do." And I don't pay him the full fee until we know what he can do. We're no fee. He definitely pissed no, on we're no full fee. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "As if, like, as if." One of my friends, who's an asshole, was going over a hundred on the motorway, and he went to court and he kept his license. And I'm like, that's far worse. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, I do need to learn. My, I have like, I have speed control on my car. Why do I not? As soon as I hit a 20, just put it on. I don't know what is wrong with me. Idiotic. Okay. Maria. I'm going to get anything but... for, for driving in that cycle lane. No, I just got a fine. Can you believe that? But like, what, the city of London? I mean, how many cyclists must they have? I mean, I never really go into the city. But how many cyclists must they have to have a cycle lane that's bigger than the road? I was like, it's bigger than my lane. How am I to know that's a cycle lane? They're normally like, what, three foot wide? Like I love you. Cars. How did we do this? I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, hang on. There's someone at my door. Give me one sec. Okay, I'll, um, I'll update on the live. Um, I did check with a member of staff as I thought he was dead, but apparently it's normal. I'm assuming this is the person sleeping on the... Um, Thank you. um hi i'm doing one push one pull and one legs per week are there specific slash core specific exercises i can add in i want emma's abs if you want my abs it's low body fat and doing push pull legs it has nothing to do with doing direct core work and also slightly genetic because oh, yeah, emma yeah. and i have probably been the same body fat once or twice in our lives and i fucking guarantee you we do not look the same at all so and the thing is, nobody will nobody you know um and if you've got a longer torso like i you know and the grass is always greener but like i don't like that i've got quite short legs but it does mean that i've got a long torso that means that it i get abs at a higher body fat percentage than other people mm. Mm. um so you can add in i would add in things like plank um rollouts like raises they're all really good to add um, but you'll be getting a lot of core work in your push-pull legs. Mm. In fact, I would say, I think one of the best core exercises is single arm rows. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Any any pull, I mm. feel it. I also um, yeah, dumbbell pullovers. Oof. I love yeah. that feeling. It's such a nice like abstract. It's my fave. Um, Elizabeth's just saying the thing about the grad split option on PT Hub is that it's the same price as non grad. It's actually not. It's the same price as non-grad if you pay in full, but like with literally almost anything, if you do a split payment option, it's going to be, it's going to end up more expensive because there's more trans transfer fees for us because people don't pay and then we need to pay admin fees, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, the split pay option, if you add it all together, is technically a few pounds more expensive. Strike fees are ridiculous. Yeah. We get charged every time someone <laughs> buys a pay. It's so annoying anyway. Yep, that's how it works. But then this is what's annoying as well when people are like, oh, sorry, I paid three times. Can I just have a refund? Obviously, we'll refund you. But like, please do try not to do that because it does cost us money. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, finally making a live at work and watching. I'm sure I'll have to disappear. Um, Chloe, I went to court for speeding. I was allowed to keep my license. I pleaded hardship, drove around on the edge for three years with 13 points. Oh. that's the thing I just it annoys me because it's so petty and it's going to have such a big impact on my life like going 24 in a 20 is not in my opinion dangerous or negligent driving it's just not but the impact it's going to have on me if I lose my license is huge and it will be like six months and the thing that makes it even worse is that like obviously because I'm in the public eye are they going to make an example of me and then instead of give me six months give me a year which they do and so I said to that, I said to him, I don't know why I'm telling you all this, but I said to this list, I was like, look, if it, if it is like, there's nothing you can do and I have to take, I have to swallow it. I have to swallow it. It's my mistake at the end of the day. I have to swallow it. I was like, but in that case, I don't want to have to go to fucking court and deal with paparazzi and all that shit. I was like, it's horrific. And he was like, okay, well, in that case, like, I would go for you. So either way, it's money well spent, but it is really annoying because I'm like, it's just so, it's, it's a petty crime. With a lifetime Chelsea, not <laughs> petty theft with a with a sentence of murder. Well, do you know what? All like life admin like that, it just that's the most draining thing in the world. Yeah. Oh, getting my car stolen when I was eight months pregnant, that was genuinely quite traumatic. Like I wasn't okay for a few weeks. Like I was very upset, very anxious, very angry. Did that happen like the next month? <laughs> Yeah, so it happened once in like December and then once in July. That was mad. I was like, at that point, I was so pregnant and there's so much, and I was moving house, moving across the country. There was so much going on that I was just like, as if this is happening. But I just kept thinking to myself, like, because, like, thank God it was before Bodhi, because just the idea that she might have been in the car or because it happened so quick. Oh my so, God. Yeah. That doesn't anyway. Anyone though who knows about this kind of thing with the speeding and the and the thing who like has had any experiences like that, thank you to whoever it was that just commented. Do tag me because I, you know, I could use I could use someone to talk to about this traumatic time in my life. Anyone who's a lawyer who just wants, you know, to help help girl out here. Yeah. Get in touch. Um, okay. Uh, Cantor's just asking if the group will stay open over Christmas and this group probably won't but the new one will open for people that have signed up early is that what we decided yes so this group will close and then the grads you will get the email with the link to take you to the new Facebook group but am I right in thinking nobody else gets that just the grads 
just to, yeah anyone that signed up now yeah yeah so um so if you do want to be part of the group over that time period sign up sooner rather than later a years okay sam i know of people who have lost their license through topping up points and they took a massive fine and only took a 30-day ban oh i would do that i'm like throw money at the problem <laughs> make it go away <laughs> um do they offer driving courses to reduce and discount insurance in new york it's a three-hour online course yeah but i already did one in lockdown so i'm not uh, you can't do it more than once in three years uh, works really well then <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, I know. But this is it's not like real, real speeding. So many people are going to no, be so... It, is, it genuinely isn't, but anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. Maria, when will the sign-ups close for the January round? I definitely want to sign up, but I have to wait until the 29th of December. Yeah, we never close the round until like day one, day two. Because like I say, we get the vast majority of our sign-ups on the day. <laughs> As a lot of you here will know, because you did it. Um, so we always leave it open. It's also why we're doing the early bird offer to try and get people to sign up earlier. Yeah, it really makes it a lot easier for us on our end. Um, okay, Rona. What a great name, Rona. I'm hoping that this gets picked up on the live. Oh, well, yeah. Chloe Haskell, Emma Story Gordon. I need a bit of coaching. I'm feeling like I'm not eating it. I've already answered it. Oh. Did it. Uh, Laura White. Wasn't she a contestant on X Factor once? Don't know. Long curly hair. Anyway. Same Hi. One. Hmm? Same one? Well, maybe. I mean, she used to message me about health and fitness, but that was a long time ago. Don't know. Maybe. Okay. Hi, Emma and Chloe. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. No. <laughs> Last Christmas... <laughs> But I went into my gym today and that was playing and I was like, did they do this for me? <laughs> this is how much of a narcissist I am in my own head. <laughs> they set up the music for my entrance. <laughs> um, last Christmas, <laughs> you did a live where you spoke about good swaps for Christmassy foods and the average calories in them. Like, oh my God, we did do this. Emma, we need to put that out there. Let's do it. Like- okay, let's repost it. Yeah, because actually yeah. I did this and I was like, I can't remember what we said. I do. I remember loving doing this. No, but we don't. You can't remember the exact calories, can you? Yeah. Bisto instead of homemade. So I said, like, generally speaking, if you're talking homemade with the fats and et cetera, um, the dripping that all goes into that, you're probably talking for a portion somewhere in the region of one to 200 calories. Right. And that's just for fucking gravy. But if you just did Bisto, it's going to be somewhere in the region of, I think it's 40 calories a cup. So a serving would be 20 to 40 calories. Let me just double check because I had some today. I had a Yorkshire pudding dipped in gravy as a snack, didn't I? (laughs) Wow. I've eaten really healthy today. I'd just like to say it was just, it was there. I wanted it. (laughs) It happened. Uh, Okay, so here we go. Let's see. Okay, 62 calories in a cup. So let's say you have like a nice generous portion, 30 calories. So immediately you're taking 100 calories off and why not? And then what else does she remind us of? Potatoes and parsnips. I think that's much of a muchness. Potatoes really aren't high calorie at all, but it depends how you cook them. So if you're doing 
duck fat or goose fat or beef dripping or olive oil, obviously these fats are going to really tot it up again. So somewhere in the region of an added one to 200 calories, likely a portion. Um, Whereas controversial, don't throw things at me. I wouldn't do it, but I'm just going to say it. If you were to do boiled new potatoes, for example, you're, you're talking like a hundred calories for like quite a big portion. Yeah. All you could do like, put on some like fry light on your roast potatoes instead of goose fat yeah. like calorie spray thing you Won't know nice obviously but be better than than like a boiled potato and then and then she says cherry's chocolate orange versus the satsuma and I was like I would never suggest that someone eats fruit over a cherry's chocolate orange but then I remembered what well, we actually said was we sh- they should invent a calorie friendly cherry's chocolate orange that's more the size of a satsuma and not not um size yeah okay yeah let's put that up she says please can you do another one but i think we really went in on it like with everything we could think of so i don't think we can add to it we couldn't make it any better we could maybe think of one or two for the last live oh wait uh, oh yeah Yeah. okay sorry i was just thinking about christmas food okay Carolyn Dutton. Let me just make sure we haven't yet. Hey, Clemmer, round nine for me. Carolyn, a legend. And I've been at maintenance for the last couple of rounds. And for the first time ever, I'm nailing it. So thank you. Whoop, whoop. I'm looking to do a photo shoot next year for my 40th. So I'm focusing on building some more muscle. Excuse me. I have a knee and hip pain. I have knee and hip pain. So I tend to use machines for lower body. I'm finding that I can't go too heavy before I start with the joint aches is there a way that I can build leg muscle using lower weights is it just a matter of increasing the reps yeah so I'm happy for you to do 20 reps of a lighter weight on a machine the more important factor is that you go to failure there or thereabouts so in an ideal world within one to two reps shy of failure but if you're not really sure where failure is just go to failure um then she says my upper body is strong and I've built a good amount of muscle, but due to arthritis and joint aches, I'm really struggling with lower body. Any advice would be welcome. Thanks. Machines and what I just said, Emma. I don't think I have much to add. Like you can absolutely build muscle on higher reps, especially as it, what Chloe was saying about going close to failure. The rep range isn't as important as the fact that you're getting close to failure with it. Um, what you might find and only because I find this with my back it's not so much about the weight sometimes the reps don't help either especially if you've got something with arthritis it's like 20 reps might not be better it could potentially be worse yeah other thing to consider is moderate weight but really thinking about like time under tension so really thinking about maybe taking like three seconds on the lowering phase and then one second on the concentric phase but that's going to add more stimulus to the muscle um so that might be another way to do it but yeah as long as you're if you just like kind of strip away all the overcomplication of it and think this muscle will grow if there's a stress on it how do I apply stress to that now if you're limited by certain things like okay, okay I can't just keep adding weight because that's causing me pain and I can't just keep adding reps because that's also causing me pain then what can you do in between that? And it, it's probably going to be looking at like tempo as well. Yeah, I agree. Anything on the live? Um, No, I think we're up to date. Okay, we have a very funny one here from Katie. 
Hello, lovely ladies. Chloe, can you please do some Christmas songs with accountability Christmas worked into the lyrics? Last accountability Christmas, I gave you my advice, but the very next day. <laughs> okay. Do a whole one about coaching people through Christmas Day and then they just blow it all because they're pissed. <laughs> okay. So a serious question now. What are the benefits of doing single body part lifts, e.g. a single leg RDL, a single arm row, etc., versus doing them both together? Um, they're really, it's not really that they're benefits. It's just a different way of doing the exercise. Um, it's a nice, I think, you know, you, you, you will find you will struggle ugh, to go as heavy, obviously, with single um movements uh what, what am i thinking of with unilateral movements then bilateral movements um you'll struggle to go as heavy obviously um so it's actually i think it's a nice way to test strength um i think it's a nice way to, to maybe push yourself a little bit more um but there's no real specific benefit uh, to doing unilateral as opposed to bilateral or vice versa emma yeah and sometimes it might be a negative you know yeah. it, if you're like, oh, I'm going to do single leg stiff leg deadlifts as opposed to um, normal double leg. And then you're lifting so much lighter that you're actually not putting as much stress on the muscle. But there might be other benefits like your balance has improved, your spatial awareness. Yeah. Has improved. It's it's more of like a skill. And then actually balance, spatial awareness, et cetera. Like as you age, you know, the the number one cause of death in in elderly people is breaking your hip. And then the complications of that and then never like recovering well enough to rebuild the muscle that you lost while you were out with your hip fracture. So even if you think about things like that, I know that like for a lot of people, they're like, oh, that's so far ahead. But if you can improve your balance and your skill and you can do things like single leg deadlifts, that might not be optimal for hypertrophy. In fact, I would argue it's probably not optimal for hypertrophy, but there might be other benefits to it. Yeah. I say the the episode of the Kardashians, Chris Jenner's got a really dodgy hip. And she goes, and the doctor's like, do it now that you're younger and you can recover from the surgery instead of waiting for it to get so bad that you do it later when she was like, every year that passes, your recovery is going to be worse after the operation. And I was like, that's so that's such a good point. Anyway. Um okay, anything else on the line? Okay, Sarah, can you explain the difference between the heated versions and standing versions of exercises? Like bicep curl, shoulder press, lateral raise, etc. I mostly see the gym bros, yeah, that invade my free weight space, my free weight space, sitting while doing these exercises, yeah, which makes me think that maybe it's harder. Shoulder press, uh, I get as I stand and often use a little bounce to get me through the last couple reps. Yeah, so um <laughs> Bodybuilders, big boy bodybuilders will usually prefer to do lift seated because they'll be doing, they'll be a lot more focused on isolated exercises, isolated movements, which for example, would be a bicep curl as opposed to um, a, a post grip pull up, right? For example, um, because they are focused on building very specific targeted muscles that they that are in their uh, training plan and training split for their physique, for their balance, 
for everything. Um, they would they will prefer to sit down because they want to save it. They want to tax themselves as little as possible in every other way, except that muscle that they are actually trying to load and generate force from, um, which is why you will often see them sitting. It's basically a bit of an extreme way to try and really focus solely and only on the muscle that's generating force, as opposed to more compound, which means various muscles being engaged in the lift. I never sit down unless I'm on a machine, never, ever. I'm always standing. I prefer to train that way, but we're all different and whatever. Emma? Yeah, I think the only thing I'd add is there can be benefits to seated. Like as an example, if I do standing overhead press, I can feel that more in my lower back. I'm injured there and because it's weaker. But if I do seated, I can lift heavier while supporting my lower back, right? So then there might be things like that. Also, when you're doing standard standing movements, you'll have more of your core engaged than if you're doing seated for most of the time for most movements. Yeah. Um, so if you're injured or you you want to protect your back or something, then potentially doing seated work sometimes might be useful. Mm. But yeah, yeah, there's not like a huge, huge difference. And and sometimes sometimes it's harder sometimes it's easier like I'm just thinking if you were doing strict standing dumbbell shoulder press mm. you do heavier seated yeah I think seated but, means no heavier yeah well if you were doing lateral raises 100% you could do heavier standing yeah that's true it's true that's a very good point um yeah, I, and, and anyone who's training to really like improve core strength and, you know, how Emma's saying like push, pull, let, da, 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 other than like, I guess, pull machines. So like an ISO row would probably, well, it would, it does engage your core. But generally speaking, you're standing, that's where you're getting that real abdominal engagement that you want. Um, and also like, don't, it's fine to do a bit of both. Like I, I wouldn't oh, yeah. overstress about like exactly again like bringing it back to like the core principles of which muscle are you looking to work are you looking to engage are you looking to stimulate so that you're creating a response on it doesn't really matter sometimes do it seated sometimes do it standing this like the biggest difference in the world no I program both as a coach I just rarely say but you're right I mean so if I think of like a bent over barbell row I can feel that in my hamstrings, in my glutes, in my core, in my back, in my arm. Whereas if I do a bent over single arm row, but resting, very much resting on the bench, really it's much more targeted to the area um, that, you know, you're, you're trying to target to a row. So yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, whatever you prefer, whatever you like. Um, okay, anything on the live? Nope. Okay. Julia. <laughs> Julia. Hi, Clemma. I'm aiming to stop fat loss around January, February time. I want to go into maintenance and work on building more muscle, which is the best way for me to prepare myself for this transition with exercise and weights. And how do I start with maintenance? So there is no transition between the training that you should be doing now and then going into muscle building. We have you building muscle or at least aiming to maintain muscle now. Um, it's really the calorie deficit that's going to have the, the impact that you want re the switch from fat loss to maintenance. Um, and we tend to say start by adding, you know, two, two to 300 calories to your current um, successful fat loss intake. And we monitor you from there. So we always just kind of stab in the dark and then we work on your data. Um, I feel like um, I'm going a bit blind. I feel, to 
Bab in the Dark is like very well, uh, very well educated guess. Chloe's like, Stab in the Dark. Just start on 3000. Let's see what happens. Why not? An educated and experienced coaching professional guest. <laughs> Damn it. Still can't speak. Um, feeling going a bit blind by it and freaked out about upping my calories. Mm, yeah, stay with us so that that doesn't happen. But you're not, yeah, don't, yeah. Also, don't overthink it. I used to do this. I would think really far ahead about what I was going to do next. And it's just like, just be in the moment. And when you're ready, then you deal with that. Um, that's how you keep it kind of fun. And do overshoot your calories then we bring them back in a little bit like I would try and think about your own success as well like you've just achieved fat loss you've ticked that off now you're moving to maintenance right if you know the literally the worst case scenario here in this situation is you overshoot your calories a little bit and you put on a little bit of body fat you've just proven to yourself that you know how to lose it so we tighten things up for a few weeks and you get back to where you want to be don't yeah exactly don't get ahead of yourself but also, and I don't know if this is sometimes like almost like a underwhelming, but there really isn't a transition into maintenance. Like Chloe's saying, like you might increase your calories a little bit. And when you look at the practicality of that in food, it might be that, I don't know, you have an extra piece of toast in the morning and I don't know, like a slightly bigger portion of pasta in the evening. And that might be you up to maintenance. Like it, it, there might not be a huge difference. Then your training certainly won't change very much. While we're on the lower calorie swaps, crumpets, lower calorie than How anything. much lower? Like 90 calories. Huh. Is that because they're kind of airy? Yeah. And I think it's because of the, the actual dough. It's like the sa- sourdough is always lower uh, calorie. Oh all made out of sourdough i think they are yeah and i didn't know that until i bought a different brand than warburton's and it was like sourdough crumpets and i was like they look like normal if they were saying sourdough don't you think that that's because they're different it's exactly the same it was the exact same as a warburton crumpet and i was like so i guess crumpets are sourdough and it makes sense when you think of the holiness every time you get a piece of sourdough bread there's big holes in it and every time you get a crumpet, there's little holes in it. I saw this video on Instagram today of like a, like five cars on like the freeway in America, like working together in tandem to save this like tiny chihuahua that's running down the freeway at night. And I was so proud of human human nature. They really they really worked together to trap this chihuahua, and it took like ten minutes. Aww. It was cute. They all had their hazards on, and they they created like a bubble around it. It was really cute. What are sourdough crumpets made? Mm, no way. What sourdough crumpets made of? It's like saying what snakes on a plane about. Sourdough crumpets are a version of the classic breakfast bread. Okay, fine. So they're not well. Then everybody gets a sourdough crumpet because it tastes no different and it's lower calorie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then she says. 53, five foot two, currently between 52 and 53 kg, aiming for 51. Thank you. Okay. Someone, sorry. <laughs> Someone's written a review on Tesco. They look and smell just like normal crumpets, but they taste old, as if they've been lying around for weeks. They were really dry and had such an odd taste. Needless to say, they went in the bin. Certainly can't recommend them. I'll be sticking to the usual crumpets in future. Um, who... What kind of person do you have to be 
to go on Tesco online and write a negative review for a crumpet. These people baffle me. Like, who does that? Can you, Emma, can you ever imagine doing that? Right, I'm going to sit down on my laptop and I'm going to and I'm going to talk about this. Well, do you know what? If if I'd been really like, imagine that you'd been all excited about your sourdough crumpet. No, still no, actually. No. My sourdough crumpet was lovely and tasted no different than normal crumpets. Mm. Mm. So good. Okay. what someone has been reviewing all of the crumpets from aldi waitrose m&s is it dr mike and morrison's no but he would definitely do that um okay i'll just read this to tell you which ones are the best m&s m&s blinding crumpets those are the ones i had oh apparently the aldi ones pretty good everyone loves a bit of aldi oh god the, the aldi one is apparently the best oh my god emma's so happy every time every time the budget version is the best version she's like yeah. <laughs> okay continue okay vicky daly hey ladies <laughs> qq for me is there anything I can take to help with lactic acid buildup around my knees when I'm doing leg extensions? I have much more in the tank, but this burn takes me over and I give up. I've been training for years now and it's never gotten any easier, no matter how much I try mind over body. Emma, you do that one sec. Sorry, was the, oh, are you going? Because how does she stop lactic acid burn buildup in her legs? It's really bad and it's not getting any better. <laughs> I hope people were listening with their headphones in there and just got Chloe screaming. Um, okay, you probably can't avoid it and it's probably just a sign that you're working hard. Like, if you're working hard, it will be somewhat painful. Sorry. You could technically um, buffer some of the lactate buildup if you were to take bicarbonate. I probably wouldn't bother. If you're doing our workouts, then I... I actually kind of doubt that it's a lot of lactate buildup because that normally happens at about lactate threshold and most of our workouts wouldn't be putting you in that position. It'd be more like hit workouts that would be doing that. Yeah. Are you sure, Vicky, that you're not confusing that pump burn that you should be feeling with something? Yeah, the normal kind of like it, it hurts because you're working hard. I wouldn't like that's probably a good thing. I think so, too. Um. hey ladies I know this is a shorter round I wanted to check if we get another set of workouts brackets gym and home which we can work on through during our break into the next round I know they normally change it we call yeah so we will do the normal change that we do at the end of this round for the pe for the grads coming into the new group so you'll get the new workouts um, if you're leaving, then you won't get them. Samantha. Oh, and Charlotte's written underneath that. What an excellent question. I'm excited. Here we go. Hey, Clemmer. I know we've talked about burning off the calories of booze. Oh, oh I know we've talked okay. about burning the calories off booze. Does she mean temperature? So my question is, does mulled wine, oh yeah, have less calories than a regular glass of wine? I think the alcohol content, so that is really specific with how long and at what temperature you have to boil an alcohol 
for it to yeah turn off the alcohol um so i think it depends on that like what temperature are you heating it at and for how long if you're leaving it on like a simmer like all day which my dad does like yeah it's going to be quite hard by the end of the day to drink that and get get piddly um and i don't think that mild wine does have less calories no because it's got much more sugar in it so it's got additional ingredients um so no unfortunately good try though I don't track when I, I use alcohol often to cook. Like I put white wine in like my chicken and veg stew, put red wine in my bottle, and my chili. And I always leave it to simmer for over, like boil and then simmer for over an hour. And I never track the alcohol content I put in it. I did actually do this. I have to remember that wine is like, what, 12% alcohol or something? Yeah. So it's not like, oh, you know, there's nothing else in it. I, um, no, yeah, I just never do. But also, because I only ever really use like a glass. Anyway. Okay. Tory Childs. Hey, ladies, how important are rest days? I'm doing three to four weighted workouts a week and I run four times a week, mainly because I love running and I'm starting to come into training block for a marathon. I feel like I'm missing out on rest days and I wondered, should I try and do a double workout day so I can get a rest day in? Or should I just do my gentle run on one day and count this as my rest day? Thank you. We're not too worried, re-recovery, um, if you are doing intermittent run days and weighted days in the week because they're completely different modalities of training and will be having a completely different effect on your body. That being said, I personally would do would have a rest day in there. Um, don't double up on workouts in a day, but if you wanted to do a weighted workout and then a run, that's great I personally would like for you to have at least Sundays physical rest what do you think Emma yeah I mean you can only adapt to what you can recover from right so more training isn't better if you can't adapt from it so and I agree with Chloe like I think we probably overthink the exact need for like a rest day or like where the workouts are spaced there's some element of importance to that but what's way more important is the bigger view of like what's your training volume for the week and can you recover from that now let's split that up in a sensible way so it might be that if you feel like you're not recovering and I would base this more on performance and how you feel than like I don't know arbitrarily being like I need this amount of rest days um I heard a really good analogy yesterday Although when I told Zoe, she was like, it's a really bad analogy. Don't use it. And I was like, I thought it was quite good. It's worse than my dad's analogy. So I'm open to it. Hit me. No, I mean, it's a good analogy. I just get why she she was like, it's not useful. But anyway, it was about like, it was, it was a lecture on training volume that I was watching. So the analogy was like, you want to get like, say your goal is to get a suntan. This is where I lost Zoe because she was like, all sun damage is bad for your skin. Even a tan is bad for your skin. You shouldn't be saying that. So with that caveat, which I completely agree with, you shouldn't be like exposing yourself to sun damage, even if it's just tanning versus burn. But let's say your goal was to have a suntan, right? You want like frequent exposure to the sun. You don't just want to blaze, like you will just get burnt if you just sit out in the sun for five hours straight. But if you did an hour a day for five days, you'd have quite a nice tan by the end of it. Kind of same with your exposure to exercise. If you just like, you know, absolutely hammer your legs on Monday, 
then essentially you've got like sunburn as in you're not going to recover from all of that you'll probably just have doms for days you probably impacts your knee how much you move when you're standing up and sitting down when you connect train that muscle group again whereas if you actually split that up into two workouts that you can actually recover from that's a bit more like getting a bit of a suntan as opposed to getting sunburn and I liked that analogy but I like it too we can't pretend that tanning isn't a thing just because it's it's not good for you it's still a thing you know I know alcohol isn't good for me and I still drink wine (laughs) and then I was like actually it kind of adds the analogy because you you know every single training session that you do you are damaging your muscle that's how that's the stimulus for growth right so when you go into the gym and do leg press, you are creating small tears in your muscle, in your legs, like say your quads, for example, that you then, there's a stimulus to response to that, to respond to that. But it's the damage that's causing that, much like it's like the sun damage that's causing your tan. I like it. I also think Zoe just needs to be more supportive of you. I think so as well. I message her and be like, listen, Emma told me about the sun tan thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, does she ask you for help does she train yeah although I'm like 99% sure she or her personal trainer won't listen to this but nah actually I'm not gonna say anything she (laughs) has a personal trainer okay fine does she ask you health and fitness questions that's good oh I don't know what I do like she's the perfect amount into it like she's fit and healthy but she's not like obsessed and I, I need to do, need to, I'd be like shut up <laughs> sometimes I'm like oh well like do you want to like if she's here I'm like oh I'm gonna go to the gym do you want to come like uh, she's like no I'm not training with you <laughs> okay. I really like her I'm like but you can you can go and do your own thing I won't even speak to you she's like no Emma you don't know you don't understand like I've known you for so long how much you need someone like this you <laughs> you of all people you need someone like this or it's just I what? know. Flash in the pan. I think okay. she's rubbing off well. She is. Okay. Anything on the live? Um, I also put extra amaretto in mulled wine, so not sure that counts. <laughs> wow. <Ooh. laughs> is that Samantha? Party at Samantha's? Oh, it's Jasmine. Okay. Well, party at Jasmine's. It must be cool to have the same name as a Disney princess. I know. I'd really like that. It it shocks me how much Princess Jasmine is Kim Kardashian. Every time I watch that, I'm like, it's just her. It's just so strange. It's like they made a cartoon about her. Anyway. Okay, last question. um, Yeah, okay, last question. Yeah. What are you saying? I was going to say I've got a call with Amelia in one minute. Oh, fuck. Okay. Hello, ladies. Just wondering if water actually helps you lose weight. Not directly, no. I've seen fitness influencers say that you need to drink a gallon a day to lose weight, which seems like a lot to me. No, it's not directly. It's just sometimes you may can confuse the feeling of hunger with thirst. Um, and also, obviously, if you're full of water, you're less likely to want to eat a massive meal. But like, do you need to drink loads of water to lose loads of body fat? No, absolutely not. It's bullshit. Yeah. Okay, that's it, guys. We will see you Friday at four. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. Bye, Em.